This is a quest for the truth, featuring Kevin Watts. Good day, everyone. Here are the five things that I believe. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and was seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, for which he will come back to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, life everlasting. Amen. I believe ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things. I believe that the family is the key, the linchpin, if you will, to a just and orderly society. I believe that the only way for individual and societal prosperity is entrepreneurial capitalism is through entrepreneurial capitalism and political freedom. I believe America is the greatest country in the world. And with that, uh, I wanted to go on to my topic today. Uh, the three individuals that uh, really inspired me this week, and I wanted to Briefly comment on all three of them. Uh, the first one that I wanted to congratulate was Shaquem Griffin, uh, who recently retired from professional football to move on, as he says, to his plan A, which seeing what he accomplished in plan B, I can't wait to see what he does for plan A. Uh, young man, accomplished a feat that uh, is just amazing. Um, he was had to have his hand amputated at the age of four because of a congenital de defect. Uh, he managed to not only excel in college as a football player, linebacker, he helped his team to an undefeated season, a record of 12 and 0 at the University of Central Florida. Uh, became a fifth-round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks, played alongside his twin brother for four years on special teams as well as uh, as well as a position of linebacker and safety. Uh, tremendous, tremendous athlete. Uh, he uh, recently retired. Uh, he was waived by the Seahawks in 2020. Uh, he had played four years for them. Uh, he never really caught on to another NFL franchise, and I, he said he, he realized that he didn't really enjoy football without playing alongside his brother, his twin brother, Shaquille. Uh, and now he's going on to do other things. So I wanted to congratulate him on a terrific run in the NFL. Uh, NFL players don't last long anyway. Most of them last three years or fewer. The average NFL career is three years. So for him to accomplish what he has accomplished with one hand, uh, incredible, just incredible. Uh, so he looks like he's going to go on to become a motivational speaker. He's already spoken at many colleges and universities as well as uh, corporate establishments. And just a uh, just terrific guy. And I just wanted to wish him the best in his retirement from football. Next individual that I wanted to talk about was a gentleman, it's a gentleman named Mark uh, Mac, excuse me, Mac Rutherford, who is the youngest person to fly a plane around the world. 
at age 17. He's also, from what I understand, the youngest person to ever get a pilot's license at age 15. Uh, so he traveled around the world. Uh, the Guinness World, world Book of Records has documented this. Uh, he just landed today. Uh, he flew over 30 countries, crossed the equator twice. It took him 124 days to achieve this accomplishment. So I wanted to congratulate him as well. And the final person that I wanted to mention was a, is a gentleman. His name is Justin Gilmore. He's a man that uh, grew up in poverty in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he was so impoverished, he describes uh, having to share bath water with his siblings. And uh, because they had no electricity in the house at times uh, and living off of cereal and sandwiches. Not because his parents didn't care, not because his mother didn't care. She just couldn't do any better financially for the, for her kids. Uh, he went on to become a multimillionaire. He's now owns 600 ATM machines and does over 2,000 transactions a day, for which he gets a, a cut of. And uh, he discovered that when he offered, he found the venues where ATMs would be suitable and profitable and placed them there and made the deals with the owners of that property and became hugely successful. Uh, he makes $240,000 a week. And he said all he wanted to do was help his family. And I would say mission accomplished. Uh, just terrific. Terrific. Uh, I, what do these folk, folks have in common? They're ordinary people that were able to accomplish extraordinary things. And I believe people like this should be lifted up as examples. That whatever your dream is, whatever you want to accomplish, you can accomplish it. You can do it. My uncle um, recently just passed away, uh, Elder, uh, Bishop Clarence Barnes. Uh, he was a pastor of Highway Holiness Church in Aberdeen, Maryland for 43 years. Founded the church. The church was a former nightclub. And he turned it into a church and pastored that church for 43 years. You can accomplish great things, great things. You have a dream, don't let it die. I encourage you, don't let your dream die. Don't let it wither on the vine. You see an opportunity, take advantage of it, go for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? You fail, okay, you failed. So then you pick yourself up and you try something else. But never, ever, Never give up. Never give up on your dreams. I just had to get that out there. On to my next topic. Wanted to talk about um, this student loan forgiveness. Uh, is that, that's what they're calling it anyway. Uh, that uh, our president has just given an executive word to do. I have a problem with this because it's, pat first of all, it's patently unfair to people who didn't go to college to have to pay for people who went to college and voluntarily signed a contract 
to pay back a loan that they voluntarily wanted. It's not fair. It's not fair for people who have who paid off their loans, who did the right thing, who paid off their loans, who who forsook gratification to pay off their loans because they thought that it was the right thing to do. And to get it seems like they got backhanded by this administration. Uh, you have people who either didn't have a desire to go to college or decided they didn't want to take a loan out to go to college or just decided they couldn't afford to go to college, having to pay for people who went to school, got their degree, or maybe not get their degree, but agreed to pay back this money. You know, and back in the day, you would have been, if you take a loan out and you didn't pay it back, you would consider to be a scoundrel. In fact, there was a time where there's such thing as debt prison, debtors prison for people who didn't pay their bills. So we come from that all the way around to this, where the taxpayer is forgiving loans that were voluntarily given to. I mean, where does this stop? I just have a moral problem with this. If you decided to take out a loan, you should pay it back. You should not have someone bailing you out to pay back your loan. That's like, that's like, um, I, I, it's, it's, it's just inconceivable to me that people find this to be acceptable. And it's not like we're in an economy where we're not in a time of war. Uh, we don't have a, we, the pandemic's over. Even the CDC, the CDC says the pandemic is over. So that's not an excuse. What rhyme or reason to do this now? The only reason I can think of is because you're trying to pay off someone so that you can get your fellow Democrats elected back into office. This is totally immoral. So how far down the road do we go with this? Are we telling, we're telling people who are now entering college, who are now in college, well, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay back your loans because the government will pay it for you. The tax on the taxpayer's dime, don't worry about it. A loan is a contract. Just like you make a contract when you buy a house and you get a mortgage, it's a contract that you agree to pay the mortgage, to bank the mortgage. A car loan, credit card loan, whatever you want, whatever product or service you want to stick in there that requires a loan to get done, you're obligated to pay it back. Why, why are student loans so different than everything else? This is a travesty. And on top of everything else, this is patently unconstitutional. The power of the purse belongs to the people's house. That means the House of Representatives and the Senate does not belong to the president. He has to get this approved by Congress. You can't just give an executive order for uh, uh, this, which will cost a half a trillion dollars. 
with a stroke of a pen. Come on now, that's not it. That's not even, that's not constitutional. And I don't think it's going to stand up to constitutional muster. I think the, the courts are going to strike this down. And so he'll be able to say, well, you know, I tried to do it, but the courts wouldn't let me. These, these right-wingers on the court wouldn't let me do it. Clearly, this is unconstitutional. Clearly, it's not going to pass muster. But just the idea that you're going to, you're going to eliminate people's debt this way is just atrocious. And I don't see it passing. I don't see it passing. My name is Kevin Watts, and I'm on a quest for the truth. Won't you join me?